Welcome to the Legalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Sager, founder and CEO of Legalpreneur Inc. As a serial entrepreneur and someone that works exclusively with small business owners legally protecting their business, I'm dedicated to covering common legal issues faced by business owners, providing you with the business knowledge you need to catapult your business's growth and showing you just how some of the world's most elite entrepreneurs have handled these legal and business issues themselves. In true attorney fashion, the information in this episode is not legal advice. This is for informational purposes only, and you should always consult with your attorney before implementing any of the information in the show. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Legal Prayer Podcast. Today's guest is Jessica Fole. Paisley, the founder and editor of Amidst Magazine. It is a digital and print magazine dedicated to the online community for creatives with a Midwest connection. So Jessica founded Amidst with a passion for storytelling, creating a space for connection, and expanding the definition of the Midwest experience. I love that, by the way. (laughs) With a background in fashion styling, costume design for independent films, and writing for area publications. Jessica has had the opportunity to connect with many amazingly talented creatives across the Midwest in a variety of industries, musicians, filmmakers, artists, and many others. Making these connections and seeing the expertise right in her own backyard is what inspired her to launch Amidst. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so pumped to be talking to you today because I think this is something that has been so needed. Thank you so much. Uh, You know, it's really interesting hearing somebody read your bio that you wrote yourself or kind of, you know, put together. I'm like, oh, wow, that is really cool. There's a lot of things in there. (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. I first want to just hear from you. Like, I'm already like, oh my gosh, I have so much to ask. But I want to hear from you first and tell the listeners, how did you get to where you are today? So I got a little bit of it in the bio, but just kind of deep dive? Like, how did you even get started in this? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, similar to most entrepreneurs or founders and creatives, it's like an unintentional pathway. It's not that it was accidental by any means, but it just kind of one thing kept building up on top of the the other. I worked a corporate background for a really long time. I also worked a nonprofit background for a very long time. And in both of those worlds, which were very different, I was always the one that was what do they call it? The entrepreneur, the person who's trying the, the new projects within the company within as much as you can. So I was always the one who was doing special events or, um, you know, strategic initiatives, all the things that were kind of new and up and coming. So it was really interesting to transition some of those pieces that some people didn't really like, yeah, that's a little risky, even for the company. They're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So that's basically how I got my entrepreneur background is being an entrepreneur in companies first. And as far as the magazine goes, that, you know, I, I was a frustrated Midwest creative and was someone that was like, okay, I am told, I've been told my entire life that if you want to be successful as a creative and you have to leave. And you have to go to either coast. And I love both coasts, but I think that you can be a successful creative right here in the Midwest. And with my background too, you know, I I grew up in the middle. I grew up in the middle of the country. I grew up in the middle of two cultures. I grew up in the middle of two languages. Um, You know, the magazine is actually in English and in Spanish, which is really important for me. 
I um, love the whole that. thing. Yeah, thank you. And that's part of where, you know, my bio, you said expanding the definition of the Midwest experience is to just enhance what people think of the Midwest. People think, you know, they hear Midwest, they think corn, they think flat, they think, you know, flyover territory, yeah. but there's nothing going on. And there are so many things going on. Um, I'm actually based in Iowa, right where Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin connect um, on the Mississippi River. So it's really cool to see. I'm three hours from Chicago. I'm three hours from Des Moines. I'm four hours from Minneapolis. So I have access um, to a lot of things. And because of my background in fashion styling, I've been doing styling for about 15 years. So image consultant work, professional image presentations. And when you're the only person in the area that does that, you have, a, you, you know, you kind of have a broad reach. Yeah. And that expanded into doing costume design for independent films and some other things. So as a frustrated Midwest-based creative who was like, okay, nobody's covering this stuff. Like, you know, I, you know, Vogue has all their amazing features, but if I submit there, like I'm this tiny little fish and, you know, submitting there, I'm like, okay, there needs to be something here in the Midwest that highlights the work that creatives are doing. So I actually started something in 2020. We did, a, I called it a capsule magazine based on like capsule wardrobe, only the essentials. Uh, it was a print and digital. So the print, was just one sheet cover. Um, and then on the back side was our table of contents and then everything else is digital. So we did three issues, January, 2020, February, 2020, and then March, 2020, March, 2020, I was stuck without about 10,000 prints that no one would touch because oh you know, my COVID. Gosh. So nobody would touch them. And by the time things started to open up a little bit, kind of where I'm at, it was September of that year. And everything said March. So people thought it was old. It was still, you know, it was always wanting to be timeless, evergreen material, but it, it was dated. So I learned two things. I joked that it was my expensive beta test is one, they, people want print and digital, but they don't want them together. They want a print piece they can hold and keep and collect. And they want digital, whereas the more fast moving, ongoing update things. Um, and then don't date anything because then that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you date it, then it's no longer relevant. Um, so I took the summer. At the time, I had a one-year-old. She's now three and a half. And, you know, spent isolation with her, you know, in a kiddie pool for however many weeks we were there. And had a, great, you know, great summer. Um, my mom actually, unfortunately, was one of the first people who had gotten COVID. She's okay now. I always tell people that. But it gave me a lot of reflection on what I wanted to do as mother, how I wanted to have a business and do like this creative thing, it, it, you know, in all these different areas. So in that fall, the concept of a mist came to me. And of course I have to, to show this because I think yes. this is the, the coolest piece is how we have like our logo. So a mist, I when I finally that. figured out what it was um, to highlight the Midwest, uh, and then, you know, amidst is a term that like you're among others, you're, you're part of something, you're part of it. And our issue one, we only come out twice a year. So it's something that's a collectible. Um, I had a lot of help actually from another Midwest based publication that actually ended in 2020, the same time I was picking up. So they gave me like six years oh. worth of publication knowledge that I would not have had otherwise. And that's awesome. You know, I'm not sure that you'd get that in every industry, but I've been really fortunate yeah. to have people want to help and want to see this succeed. And, you know, there's, there's just so many pieces to it that that's kind of where, where we started, but I'll get to the rest of it more. 
as we continue our conversation. That's incredible. And like, I, my hat off to you, like I tip my hat to you because I can only imagine having 10,000 print copies of something when COVID hits and that would have just set me over the edge. It's like, okay, I'm done with this. There was a little bit of that. (laughs) Time to... (laughs) Time to move on to the next thing, which I mean, you did, but you're still in the same industry, still pretty much doing the same. I mean, it's a magazine and I, I know how hard anything print is. And then still magazines, you know, we've been hearing newspapers, magazines are all dying, but you have found a way to still make it work, which is incredible. And I love the spin on amidst having it bring together the Midwest. And one quick question that I have is what is considered the Midwest to you? Because I know I'm in Texas. And so sometimes we're considered the Midwest. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're just South. And so I want to hear from you. What is your version of the Midwest? So that was a, a big struggle at the very beginning because there are so many definitions of what the Midwest is. And yes, technically, so we didn't include Texas. I apologize. Because, you know, that is, I do consider <laughs> Texas South, um, but, you know, because it's, but straight down. But we had, uh, you know, where was my background in nonprofit? And we did a lot of surveying and things like that. And what I found is the best ways to kind of mimic the federal government in, you know, some ways. But we did the federally recognized um, 12 Midwest states. Okay. So, you know, we have okay. them listed as, you know, Iowa, Illinois. It, it, it is, there's Northern Midwest states like Minnesota and others like that too, but it is the 12 federally recognized Midwest states. And, you know, we're home-based in Iowa, but my co-founder, Carolyn, is actually in Illinois and she's literally, you know, people are like, oh, one of you's in Iowa, one of you's in Illinois. We're across the river. We're, you know, 30 minutes away from each other. And she, you know, we have that kind of starting area and then we have a lot of connections in wisconsin so we've really started because of our our reach here iowa illinois wisconsin is very very prevalent in issue one um with a little bit of minnesota because we have um, a great relationship with fashion week minnesota they've been great to work with Mm -hmm. and again expand the definition of the midwest experience when people hear that there's a fashion week in the midwest they're like what what? And yeah. it's amazing. It's like, like, what are you talking about? It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> they do a great, great job. And do y'all have, is it a lot of Western fashion? That's what I think of when I think in the Midwest, it's a lot of Western fashion. Um, you, you'd be surprised. It's not. It's not as much as one would think. Um, I mean, there are elements, of course. And one thing that I've been really excited to see, too, is the influence of um, Native American and Indigenous designers in this area too. So it has been, you know, we have all, it's all over the place in issue one. I guess this designer, she has a little flair for Western, um, but this is one of my favorite looks. And yeah, it's just kind of unique pieces. Megan's walk. And if y'all are listening to this, (laughs) go watch the full interview on YouTube. If you're listening to this in the car on Apple Podcast, Spotify, the full video, and you can see what Jessica just showed on YouTube. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah y'all definitely <laughs> need to go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> and I mean, of course, go check out the magazine as well. But if you wanted to see these quick clips, definitely go watch the whole video on YouTube. Absolutely. So, one thing that I want to get into is the community aspect. So, tell me more about 
what that means for the magazine. Is it a community for the contributors, the designers? Tell me more about that. So when we first kicked off, you know, like, okay, we need a magazine. We need this media piece to tell people's stories. So they have a space to submit their work exactly how they want it to be told. So that was the, the concept was this print magazine, digital. And then, oh, by the way, here's this online community that everybody can connect in afterwards once they submit. It completely flipped on its head. 100%, I had no idea that it was going to do what it did. But people who don't even submit to the magazine, they want to join the community first. So we had, a, you know, we started out with everything kind of behind a paywall. And like, you know, for media, that doesn't necessarily work. You need to have it open for people to access. And then we did the same thing with the community. And then we found we didn't want to have barriers. We didn't want a financial barrier to be a reason someone didn't join. Um, so we kind of have tiers and we're still working on what that looks like. We're a young company. We're only a year and a half old. And with our community aspect, so we have a platform that we use called Mighty Networks and it's called, uh, our community is called Amidst Creatives of the Midwest. So it's a tie on, you know, amidst overall, but it's, you join the community first, you can meet other com community members, um, you can connect with them based on industry and discipline. There's a lot of associations are specific to industry. So there's legal groups, there's fashion groups, but there's not anything that crosses over. So, you know, with my limited experience in the film industry, I realized there was a lot of things like you could, you know, people need extras or they need hair and makeup. You know, you're always looking for a little bit of everything because film is one that kind of transcends all the areas. So that actually influenced what the community needed to look like for me personally. Um, so this community, and then again, my co-founder, Carolyn, she started out as our community host from day one and then has helped build it from there. But that's where she, you know, posts prompts in there. She has conversations with people, um, posts opportunities, like if there's grants and other things. And as we have kind of figured out what people want, um, we have monthly industry expert speakers. So one of our first speakers, or actually our very first speaker was Andre Wright. Um, he is the co-founder of Humanize My Hoodie. And he is actually in issue one and their focus, he's a fashion activist, which I just love the concept. And again, people wouldn't, don't necessarily know they're right here in Iowa. Um, but the concept is the misperception, a misconception that black men in hoodies are threatening. And so that literally is yes. called humanize my hoodie. So it, the word human oh is here first gosh. and it's a conversation starter. So that's one of the things now I'm looking for that, but. I just got chills <laughs> hearing that. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Well, the diversity, equity, and inclusion side of things is extremely important to us. Um, again, like having the magazine in English and Spanish, we had somebody that um, has different eyesight. So they are colorblind and could only read in certain. So we made sure like the colors were, they were able to read that. And all the stories that we're highlighting, we're highlighting the diversity that does exist in the Midwest. And yeah. you know that it's it's more than what people's stereotype is. And yeah, so this is Andre from Humanize My Hoodie. And they have a documentary actually called The Black Liberation Space, which I love that. You can so yeah, him and his partner, uh, Jason Soul. Oh, that's awesome. but he was our first speaker in the community. And um their that conversation was just really eye-opening for a lot of people that, you know, for one, that this exists in the Midwest. And then two, the type of conversation started that it is to have somebody who's a fashion activist. He's shown in New York Fashion Week. He's done all these 
you know, big things. And um, to, to work with him as one of our, our partners for issue one was just absolutely amazing. And then again, to have him as our first speaker in the community. So that's a huge part of what we do is we have these monthly industry expert speakers based on either being a successful Midwest creative or like a topic that our creatives would need to know about, whether it's legal or, um, you know, mental health, all those different things we, we try to pull it. And so we've had a different speaker every month. And then uh, the other event that we have is we call it the Friendly Artist Hangout. And it's literally just a topic. And then once a month, people get together and chat about something in their creative life. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I love this. Oh my gosh. Congrats, first of all, for the first issue. Just sounds like it was a great success and having such a great activist to partner with for the first edition. That's that's awesome. So kind of moving on to the business side of things, well, the legal side of things, I'm curious, have you not... I'm going to ask, have you run into any legal issues or questions or what has come up as you've been creating this magazine? Because as a creator, it's a lot of intellectual property. And so I'm curious what has come up for you. That's a great question. So there's been a couple things. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you don't know until you know. And one Mm -hmm. of the things we always want to do is take people at face value. Like we want to believe people that what they're saying is accurate. Um, not always the case. So we have had a couple things. Um, fortunately, nothing, you know, huge, but we've really upped our process on the permissions side. So making sure we've, mm-hmm. we've had absolutely everybody documented um, as far as their, the crediting, excuse me. Yeah. So like getting credits for their work. So, you know, if a photographer yeah. submits something, it's the model hair and makeup, it's the designer, it's all these things that kind of come into play. And then, um, vice versa, if it's, we had, um, like, okay. So for, uh, Andre's story, for example, they submitted the, their photos that their photographer had taken. Um, uh, but by, you know, se- sending them over to us saying that they had permission from everybody to do that. So we've just had a lot of those type of things. So now we have a lot more streamlined process um, than what the issue one was because issue one was a lot of people from my experience um, or my connections, I would say. And some of the photos I even took myself actually, because then it was just easier. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, and that's, that's the easiest way to do it. So for those listening, as a reminder, whoever takes the photo by default has the copyright to it. So even if you are the subject of the photo, the photographer owns the copyright to the photo. So if somebody, let's say a mids magazine or Vogue reaches out and they want to use your photo that you're in, you actually probably don't have the permission to give. It belongs to the photographer mm-hmm. to say, yes, you can use my photo or it, you know, yes, here's the fee or whatever they want to add on to the license. But remember, you do have to have a license, which is just permission. Right. And that's that's what we learned quickly. And like, you know, I had known those things based on like my other work that I had done, but being the one responsible for all of it was a game changer, yeah. you know, and we did have, um, you know, and doing interviews and different things, having, you know, we did find out that we, even though we're not investigative journalists, because most of the time we're having people submit their story and how they want to be portrayed is that if we are doing an interview, we do need to dig a little deeper and, you know, talk to everybody involved. If there's more than one party, 
So, you know, we just had a couple things like that, but for the most part, we've had some really great experiences and great creative. And like I mentioned, um, like our partnership with Fashion Week Minnesota, they were actually the cover of issue one is how I was connected with them. The model, photographer, and designer are all from Minneapolis and were absolutely great to work with. And now we do their lookbook for Amits does the lookbook for Fashion Week. Like we just do like this little mini special edition version. And then we have the digital copy on our website and all those type of things. So, you know, it's interesting to me to see like in the creative industries, how many people don't have legal things in place. And now I was, I thought I was being paranoid and like overcompensating on stuff. And now I'm kind of glad that I had, and like I had documented things and I had Mm -hmm. tracked on, on what, and again, it's, you know, when we weren't perfect with some, a couple of these situations, you know, we made sure that we addressed it appropriately. Um, But yeah, going forward now we know with like issue two, we actually had some publication delays for issue two, because we wanted to make sure we had all permissions in line before anything went to print. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. Oh my gosh. Well, Jessica, what, what else can you share with us about the magazine, the community? Well, I would say if you're, you know, a Midwest based creative and you're looking for somewhere that you want to connect with people amidst creatives uh, is our website. Um, Amidstmagazine.com is the the digital magazine and we have issue one on there. Um, we have a pre-order for issue two and we're looking for stories. We want people to submit. So we want people to you know join the community, share their story. Um, one of the things we're getting up right now is we've figured out, you know, instead of me doing like a one-on-one interview with every single person is saying, okay, we're looking for these three types of stories. We're looking for, you know, a third person interview style, like here are the questions, complete these answers. Another one would be like stories you've already submitted. So actually right now, this would be one of my questions because I'm just brand new into this is syndication and figuring out like, again, it's kind of a permissions type thing, but I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a media expert and this is an area I'm, I'm new into. So understanding how syndication works and that there's no industry standard that has been like, yeah, there really is. <laughs> it's like whatever your agreement is with yeah. whatever party you're working with more or less. And um, so that's the thing I'm getting into right now is syndication. So if you've written a blog, um, or if you've submitted to another, you know, publication or something, because we're kind of an umbrella for the Midwest. So if there is something that we can say, okay, this was first featured in XYZ publication, but here it is here. And especially if it's only in print, now we can do give it, you know, a digital life and, you know, kind of repurpose some of these stories because there are so many things and we don't have the same audiences. So how we can cross promote like that. So that's one of the things that I'm... <laughs> legally looking into next is making sure we have all the syndication stuff and where it needs to be. I love it. Yeah. Syndication is really tricky because there isn't one standard and you have to have permission. It it really is just the agreement with every single publication. It's different. And so obviously like for bigger publications, there are some that are just nationally syndicated, but it's a different agreement depending on the publication. So yeah, not fun. Well, Jessica, before I let you go, I asked the same question to everyone. And that is, what is your number one business tip for those listening? Keep trying. I know it sounds semi-generic, but it's one of those things that's like you, you know, if you know, 
that what you're working on is going to be successful. You have to keep working on it. And for however many no's or how many obstacles that you might face, there is still, you know, the, the people who succeed are the ones that you see feel like the overnight sensations as they had a crazy long journey to get there. <laughs> and, um, that's, that's, that would be my, my business tip is don't give up, you know, just keep trying. Yeah. I love it. Well, Jessica, I know you left the links. Anything else that you want to leave with the listeners? No, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here. And, um, you know, after, after this, I'm looking forward to asking you some more legal questions. So I'll be sending you, <laughs> we'll be working together. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much. You guys go download the magazine, go buy it, go join the community. If you're in the Midwest, go contribute. Like this is a great way to get your name out there and start building your own business. Absolutely. I am so excited to share with you that from now until the end of the year, you can sign up for the Legalpreneur membership for almost half off. It is normally $3.49 a month or $34.99 for the year, but from now until the end of 2022, you can sign up for $1.99 a month or $19.99 for the year. You get all access to your own attorney, unlimited emails, one 30-minute phone call a month, document review, access to all of our contract templates, plus a discount on additional services. And once you get started, we get you rocking and rolling with the business audit, which is where we outline exactly what protection you currently have and what protections you still need. We lay it all out for you. That way you can get started working with your attorney, knowing exactly where your relationship is going. Get signed up. The link is in the show notes. And we are so excited to serve you in the Legalpreneur membership. Here at Legalpreneur, we're committed to providing a supportive legal community for all business owners. I know how scary the legal stuff can be. If you found this information helpful, I would be so grateful if you could share it with a fellow business owner. And quite frankly, it doesn't cost anything to rate, review, or subscribe to the show. Your support helps me reach more listeners, which allows me to support more business owners in their entrepreneurial journey. Have any questions or comments about the show? feel free to drop me a line on Instagram. I promise I read all of the messages and comments. And if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone that would make a great guest, simply fill out our application form and a team member will reach out if we think it's a good fit. I'll see you in the next episode.